Hello, my friends. Welcome again to the Deeper Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Paul. It's the first day of the month of February as we get started on the second month of the calendar year here in 2024, and we are closing out the eighth chapter of the Gospel of Luke. Yesterday on the essay edition, we did a full essay on the the two stories that encompass Luke chapter 8, verses 40 through 56, the story of Jesus walking down the street towards Jairus' house, having the encounter with the woman with the issue of blood, and then, of course, raising Jairus' daughter from the dead. There are a couple of things at the end of the story that we didn't really do anything with in the essay, so I thought I would read through the entire stories, because there's two things happening, and then we would comment on the last couple of verses that didn't get much attention, well, really didn't get any attention, in the essay, and that way, for future reference, when people go back through the descriptions to the podcasts, all of the verses will be included. That way, we cover the verses that are covered in the essay. So, I say in advance that I, I'm going to skip a lot of content in these two stories because we go pretty deep in the essay edition. And I encourage you, if you missed it, to check out yesterday's podcast. And if you like to read those, you can read it at paulwhiteministries.com. So let's read Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 40, the two stories that conclude the chapter. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus, and he was a ruler of the synagogue. And he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, Who touched me? But Jesus said, Somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. And he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. While he was still speaking, someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house, saying to him, your daughter is dead. Do not trouble the teacher. Uh, that, that word teacher, I do want to comment here. That word teacher, um, our, our most ancient Greek manuscripts say, do not trouble the teacher anymore. Just an interesting add-on that somehow got dropped in later translations. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, do not be afraid, only believe, and she'll be made well. When he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and mother of the girl. Now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she's not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside, took her by the hand, and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately. And he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Now, I didn't do much, if anything, 
in the essay with verses 55 and 56. I do comment right at the end of the essay that the young girl eats after she's raised from the dead, but I don't really say much about it. We see that her spirit returned, which is a way of saying that, or I think an indication rather, that once the spirit departs the body, that's death, or at least in Jesus' terms, he calls it sleep. They know she has died, but the way Jesus views it is that she's merely asleep in the sense that he's about to bring her spirit back into her body. This could be a little preview as to why three chapters later, Jesus waits four days when Lazarus dies to go to the tomb of Lazarus uh, so that it isn't just the reviving of his spirit, but the resurrection of his body, which is seen four days worth of decay for whatever that's worth. And the moment she rises, he commands that she be given something to eat. And if you need a what this might mean metaphorically or allegorically is the fact that we are, uh, Jesus does more than raise us up, he feeds us. So he is not just the giver of life or the restorer of life. He's our diet. He's our consumption. He's, he's everything that fuels the spirit man is being with him, being at his feet. Her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. Well, of course, her parents are astonished. Jairus has just went on quite a journey. Jairus has walked with Jesus through the streets, watched this woman with the issue of blood distract Jesus. Maybe he had a feeling inside that, uh, man, if this woman just hadn't slowed us down, then Jesus could have been there before my daughter died. And now, in spite of that, Jesus raises his daughter anyway, and then he charges him to tell no one what happened. And this is a repeated theme through the Gospels, where Jesus heals or does something miraculous and then tells people don't tell anyone. And it's not because Jesus wants us to keep a lid on goodness, but because, and this is important to understand context, because Jesus comes with purpose and he wants to reveal himself to people in his way. And I have a personal feeling that Jesus, being a student of the Old Testament and understanding his father, put those two things together. Israel didn't get close to God because God was miraculous. In fact, the miracles didn't help at all, ran them off. And Jesus doesn't want to reveal himself in his first advent in the same way that Israel saw God in the wilderness. And so it's not simply about healing. He wants to reveal himself in another way. I think he wants to reveal himself through love and forgiveness. This is why so many Gentiles embrace him and why they don't, it's not always that they're needing him to do the miraculous. They just want to be around him. It's that whole, never has a man spoken like this man. To whom else shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So keep a lid on it is not, it's not a mandate for us today. Like, hey, don't tell anyone. In fact, we're the opposite. We tell everyone. But we can tell them now because we're on the other side of the finished work. This is one of those moments where the context of Jesus' life living in the earth makes a difference in how you interpret what he has to say. Tomorrow, on the second day of February, we begin the ninth chapter of Luke. See you then. God bless.